boys, what do you think of Hunter Dickinson? Like a giant knob? He's a joke. Rowdy? Any words for Hunter Dickinson? Yeah, kind of a turd. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, kind of a turd. Uh, Hunter Dickinson trashing now his former team, Michigan. And I quote, I feel like Michigan is like a fake Midwest. Kansas is actually like a Midwest town. Well, Kansas is a state. But, uh, uh, yeah, I've been to, but so is Michigan. Uh, I've been to Ann Arbor. That's that's a Midwest town. Not gonna lie, it's a Midwest college town. Crazy. How, I mean, you can say it's, it's not the in the Midwest. Mid, you can say it's not in the Midwest because people, you know, they draw the line. If you're not in the uh, Central Time Zone, you're not in the Midwest. But it, Ann Arbor is a typical Midwest college town. Here's my thing with Hunter Dickinson saying that. One, is that what he was looking for? Like when he like, was... I really want to be in Midwest. Though. Yeah. like, And two, I'm looking at where Hunter Dickinson is from. He was born in Virginia. He grew up in Maryland. So East Coaster. Um, so he doesn't know Jack about what a Midwest town is. When, I, when you guys think of Kansas, do you think Midwest? Um, I, I don't. No, I think of like... The plains. Yeah, it's a plain yeah, state. Yeah. I mean, if I had, I don't to, think if I Midwest had to lump it in somewhere, I'd probably lump it into the Midwest. But like this guy doesn't. This guy was never in the Midwest until he chose Michigan. Yeah, and like, he seemed so, to like Michigan a lot. So until the end. yeah. So how would he even know what it is outside of just you know the stereotypes that he hears? Yeah, like. And then to say that the only place he's actually ever experienced in the Midwest, which was Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's the only place that he had experienced. So he he wouldn't know. No. I mean, Hunter Dickinson just lo- – he's, he's a donkey. Like when he yeah. came into the Kohl Center wearing a, a, a mask, like one of the bank robber masks. Like he's the, a guy nah, on like your team. Steal what, what, what event happened like right before he did that? He called Wisconsin No, no, no. And- like, like a legit like shooting or something happened, and he came in in the mask. Oh, yeah, yeah. And – what are you going to say, Rowdy? No, he's just, he's a guy that's on your team that's pretty good. So you know that it's better when he's on your team because he's good at said sport. But nobody likes him. Wouldn't he be in the NBA if he was good? Yeah, right. Well, he's a good college basketball player. Here's his Thank quote. You. I feel like at Michigan, they weren't as nice. They were <laughs> nice people, but not as nice. I feel like Michigan is like a fake Midwest Kansas is actually like a Midwest town. I love my time in Michigan, but the people here at Kansas are especially nice. Yeah, that's because they're welcoming you in before yeah. you poop the bed. Yeah, yeah. and then they'll when turn you, on you. When, you when you don't play well or when you have bad games, they'll get on you probably more than the people at Ann Arbor, Michigan, because I would say Michigan's a football college or a football university, yeah. and Kansas is clearly a basketball school. Can he still only go one way? He can't turn uh, left, right? He's like Derek Zoolander. Yeah. He can't, he can't turn left. Which way does he go? Right, I forget which way. He only goes one one way on his like pivots. And, yeah, I mean, I good don't, on you. When I think of Kansas, I can't get over I don't think of Midwest when I think of Kansas. I think well, technically like it he's is. He's more talking about the people than like actually. Like Midwest nice? Yeah. Okay, here, here's the thing. I know we're up in the Michigan area in our great uh, WMAM Mar- uh, Marinette. I know well, bleeds into UP Michigan a little bit. UP is different from the mainland. Well, I know, I know it bleeds in a little bit. By the way, speaking of Michigan, where in the hell has Pauly been? Like, this is a, a topic tailored for him. Hunter he's Dickinson, he's a, he lives in Michigan and Wisconsin. He's a Michigan man, and he's very boisterous about uh, uh, people being nice or whatnot. Pauly, are you alive? Call in. Maybe he's got some new work. I think this is just... From a whole, the, just the takeaway for me for the state of Michigan basketball, <laughs> like it's it's a bunch. Like clearly, Jawan Howard can recruit. Like yes. he year after year, he recruits a lot of top talent. Michigan always has been seen as a talented team, especially under Jawan Howard. But this is the thing: it's like they're not good team players. They're not, you know. They're very more, I guess, individual, individualistic, not good for the team. It's me, me, me. And I think that kind of was just a top down from Jawan Howard. 
Oh yeah, totally. Where it's like, okay, well, I, you know, I, I was pretty good. People know who I was. You know, remember the Fab Five? Yeah. <laughs> I can get a lot of talent. I played in the NBA for a long time. I've, you know, excuse me. I've basic. What was he? An assistant coach with the Heat for a while, and then basically at the end of his career was an assistant coach, even though he was still technically a player. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it why people would like to come play for him, especially, you know, more talented kids. It makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, it doesn't feel like it's very organized. It doesn't feel like there's a ton of, you know, rules in place. It just feels like a, let's show up, let's play basketball. And then hopefully in a couple of years, it'll be in the NBA. Okay. So Hunter Dickinson's like, yeah, but Midwest nice here in Kansas. Do you think people actually went to Michigan because they wanted to be in the Midwest or did they go to the Michigan because they wanted to play for, I don't know, the Wolverines or go to a and Juwan Howard. Top 10 schools in the nation. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go through their roster a little bit here. I'll just say where the people are from. Washington, D.C., Virginia, uh, Ontario, uh, Illinois, Michigan, Maryland, Illinois, Florida, North Carolina, Florida, France, Florida, Missouri, Connecticut, Minnesota, Michigan. A lot of East Coast. Uh, do you think those East Coast guys were like, you know what? I really want to get to the Midwest. I hear they're really nice people in the Midwest. Yeah, no. No. They went there because of the name. And then the Hunter Dickinson on his way out. <laughs> Fake Midwest State. Fake. This place stinks, man. They're really nice in Kansas. Yeah. Everybody hit the nail on the head. Yeah, because you haven't played for them yet. Once you start playing and you, I don't know, Hunter Dickinson a couple games, they're going to be like, yeah, this guy's kind of a bum. Yeah. Pete in Monona, my man. Or, or is it still affirmative action, Pete? What's the no, name? No, it's, it's affirmative action, Pete. <laughs> hey, Pete. What's going on? I'm not no longer Pete from Monona. <laughs> you know, this is Pete from Monona. Whoa, you know, get that guy off the air. Oh, yeah, there Oh, you don't you know. No, 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 Pete from Monona. So I'm, a, I'm affirmative action, Pete. <laughs> affirmative and, action. And I'm here to say, and mostly I'm here to set the record straight. On what? Uh, let's see. The U.S. Oh, wait a minute. Now, I know that you're a, uh, uh, probably a uh, uh, independent, uh, skeptical of the government oh, yeah. person. Yeah. Okay. I, but I hate you, the right you believe and the left. In the US, you, believe, you believe in the U.S. census, right? Yeah. Sure. The U.S. Census Bureau definition consists uh, says uh, of the Midwest consists of twelve states in the North Central United States: Illinois, yeah, no, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, oh, Michigan, there, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, uh, Iowa, Ohio, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. Kansas. But, I know it's uh, on there. Know, the I know it's on there. That's in the Midwest. Yeah, I know it's on there. I just don't view like when I personally think of Kansas, it doesn't strike me as a Midwest state. I know it's quote unquote Midwest. It just doesn't strike me as one. Okay, well, I got another one for you. Yeah, one, one, one that's more definitive. The, I, I'd say the biggest, the 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 biggest myth of uh, of the twentieth century came in uh, comic books, and 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 the biggest superhero of all time is is Superman. And where did he land when he crashed from <laughs> the planet Krypton? Was raised on a farm with good Midwestern values sure, sure. that made him the superhero that he is. He landed in small. Kansas. I know. Just I, I know all of this, Pete. I just at me personally, I just don't perceive Kansas. Pete, as what are your state. thoughts on Pennsylvania? No, that's not in the. No, that is no, no. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, but I'll just go by the census data. You know, I mean, I, I look. I'm not somebody that. Uh, yeah, I got my own opinions, but but I, I was a librarian, and I go with facts. That that's what that's what uh, you know. Well, it, it might not be Ebo's government, but it's Rowdy's government, my government, and their census says that Kansas is in the Middle West. It isn't, you know, and 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 so that's what I go. I'm not with. in a debate about what's Midwest. This isn't anybody's opinion. So that brother from Michigan, I mean, who left Michigan, he's not a Kansas, brother. He's he's white. Know. He's a white guy. He is. Yeah. So did that squash your? Did they change your opinion now? He's a white guy. Uh, no, it's still Kansas. It's still in the Middle West. <laughs> See, uh, no, he's, my, he's a straight up because white. It's, factually, it's the Middle West. Just like, no, I know just, it like is. Ba- just like baby boomers. You know that that's that's the that there's the only generation Pete, that has an official name from the census. I also that's think what I go with. I also fact. think Superman is the lamest superhero. Well, close to the lamest. 
Oh, okay. Well, just, they, I mean, they, they, you can have that opinion. I'm not going to argue see, with you. I, but I, but, I'm with you, Pete, but, with but, the but Pennsylvania. Because in, in college football, they like to lump Pennsylvania in with Ohio and kind of Midwest when I just don't see it. Well, it, I know. I mean, well, I don't, I don't either. I, 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 I look at, I mean, when I went out, you know, I've been to the, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. To me, that's you know, that's the East Coast. That's because I'm from the Midwest. You know. Yeah. So Kansas, so, Kansas is defined by the federal government as Midwest. That's, Here's the thing. That's like, right. Your I, your federal I'm, government. I'm like a sovereign. I, Pete, I'm like a sovereign nation. Like I don't. It's I, not I, my I federal like government. You your know. federal government that steals your money. Yeah. You know, in taxes. Yeah. They've just, now we're talking. Kansas is the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, everything the government says I should do, I do the opposite of, Pete. So, therefore, for me, it is not the Midwest. Okay. And I want to apologize to the guy from Michigan that I said I thought was a brother. No, you know, fine. But, you know, I mean, if, He's a white guy. if he isn't, then, you know. He's just good. a tall, lanky white guy. No, wait a minute. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just oh, I know. saying that I misidentified him and I don't want to give okay. misinformation. Maybe he, maybe he identifies as a different race. I don't know. But Pete. Which is, which is fine because since there isn't any genetic races anyway, then I think Pete. People ought to call themselves whatever they want. Sure. Well, I care. Hey, Pete, uh, before I let you go, um, on this day in history, The Dark Knight was released. I know you're a big movie guy. Uh, where does that fall for you on uh, for movies, The Dark Knight? Well, Christian Bale, well, Heath Ledger. I went to see- I, I went to see it at the IMAX and uh, it didn't do it for me. What? Uh, they, no, the... the uh, portrayal of the was of the joker was was too creepy and 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 harvey mudd made it uh uh, uh one villain too many now oh but uh it was interesting because that was shot in chicago you know yeah. when i go down there i walk around that neighborhood uh you know all the time getting to the loop but i i i prefer the batman begins oh okay we'll oh, and, Le- and, and lego batman which i think is the best superhero movie I know Lego's got some good movies. Pete, you the man. Always a pleasure, buddy. Yeah. See you, Pete. I know it's technically the Midwest. It just doesn't, for me personally, when I think Kansas, I think of like a plain state. I, I actually know of, some buddies that of, uh, said Lego Batman was actually pretty good, pretty funny. I've never seen it. I've never. I, I My um my little nephew has watched it. I've seen parts of it. I, like, I was entertained enough, but it's, you know, it's whatever. And I don't have uh, Aaron mess with me. What's your beef with Superman? I don't have beef with Superman. I just think it's a lame, like, he can do everything. Like, I know his one weakness is kryptonite. That comes from Krypton. If, 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 if Luke's, Lex Luger didn't find some Krypton, then Superman just ha- does whatever. Like, he can spin around the reverse, the spin of the Earth to reverse time. He can't be killed. He, like, he shoots lasers out of his eyes. He fly, Like, he does everything. Give me a weakness that's just not kryptonite. Yeah, I, uh... When- <laughs> When I think of Superman, I think of some the last thing I, the last thing I think superhero. of is, well, one, the cartoon, and two, this one's actually kind of funny, when the CW was the CW. Smallville. And that Smallville. I like that show. I don't think I've really paid attention to the CW, or the, what is it now? Is it still CW? Yeah, it's still the CW. It used to be the WB. But yeah, I think the last time I thought of the CW before Live Golf was when they had Smallville on it. Yeah. Hey, good show. As a guy who doesn't really care for Superman, that was a really good show. I like <laughs> that show. Yeah, and then the... I watched that growing up. Hey, Rowdy, you're going to think of the CW even more, though. I don't know if you saw this. The ACC and the CW striked a broadcast deal to air 50 football and basketball games. Did you see that? Yeah, actually, I noticed that. I think they started playing some of those games here recently in the last couple of years. Where it'll be like an eleven o'clock game all of a sudden on like your channel fifty seven. Yeah, well, uh, CW has secured the rights to fifty ACC games beginning September 9th with Pitt's football game against Cincinnati. So thirteen ACC football games will air on Saturdays on the CW, uh, which will broadcast twenty eight ACC men's and women's basketball games through December, January, and February. And the ACC will have men's basketball doubleheaders on the CW every Saturday, as well as women's basketball doubleheaders on Sunday afternoons. So you're going to be a little more familiar with the, C- <laughs> the CW coming up here. <laughs> I like the WB when they had that frog. That was kind of cool. I'm just not a Superman guy. Like, I, I get why people, like, 
I know why boomers love him because he was like the boomer superhero. Yeah, it was more um, Batman, Spider Man. Yeah, same. A little bit of. Uh, I was a big Spider Man guy. A little bit of Iron Man. But that that all stemmed from like the Amazing Spider Man Saturday morning cartoons. No, yeah, same. The Amazing Spider Man Saturday morning cartoons. I was I was a big Batman. I love Venom. Venom was my favorite like anti hero. So it, did it hurt you a little bit when in the first Batman or uh, Spider Man movie that uh, Eric? Yeah, to- from uh, yeah, that seventy show Eddie was Brock. was was Venom. It was it was tough. I still enjoyed the third movie though, uh, but yeah, it was tough to see <laughs> Eric. What the hell is Eric Foreman? <laughs> yeah, he was Venom. As Eddie Brock when Eddie Venom, Venom is like clearly a bigger like buffer like um, Spider Man Tom Hardy. Yeah, good Venom or good Eddie Brock. Excuse me, but yeah. Rody, like I like Iron Man and Batman. You like you like rich dudes that got a lot of fu money, Rody. And who doesn't like Iron Man or Batman? Anyways, we'll come back. Well, that was like what was featured a lot on the yeah. Amazing Spider-Man cartoons. You would always once in a while get like a um, and the old X-Men cartoon that was sick too. You'd mm. always have like an Iron Man in there once in a while. Yeah, sweet. Yesterday, drama out of the NFL. No deals tagged for uh, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, three running backs. Uh, were the only players who received the franchise tag not to have a long-term deal reached. They had until 3 o'clock Central, 4 p.m. Uh, they'll now have to play the 2023 season on their franchise tenders, worth $10.091 million for running backs, and Pollard has already signed his tender. Uh, Barkley and Jacobs, however, remain unsigned, stayed away from their team's offseason programs. They did not, Rowdy, they do not have to report to training camp and will not get fined for doing so. They, they don't have to go if they don't want to, and then they can uh, get their money right when they get uh, underway. But the running back position uh, starting to become, I mean, we've seen it be devalued. Well, is it devalued? What is the, what has been the running back position been these past, I don't know, what, decade? As we've seen them, you know, falling off? At, well, not, I falling get it. off? Is that the I right get term? it. Saquon Barkley had a big comeback season last year. Obviously, he was instrumental in that uh, Brian Dayball year one mm-hmm. where Daniel Jones turned it around at his best season yet. But if you look at a lot of, Daniel Jones passes. It's not like he was throwing the ball down the field like 30, 40 yards. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of short passes and dump offs to Saquon Barkley, who's pretty good. But the thing for me with Saquon Barkley and, and his extension is are you really willing to give Saquon Barkley a long term, big time money deal at the running back position? Guy likes to get injured. He gets injured. I don't think quite he likes to, but he gets injured. He gets injured quite a bit, and it's like, do I really want to throw if I was a front office that much money at a running back that is injured? Let me read you Saquon Barkley's uh, logs here since being drafted. So, as a rookie, he played in every game. Twenty nineteen, he missed three games. Twenty twenty, he only played in two games. Twenty twenty one. He missed four games. And 2022, he missed a game. <laughs> like, like, do you want to give him money? New. No. Big money? New. No. I, you look at what he did in 2021. Now I get it. Their offensive line wasn't good. Their offense in general wasn't good. But he ran for 593 yards. This, this guy has rushed for a thousand yards three times. <laughs> I, but, I would be hesitant myself to give Saquon Barkley a big time contract. So I feel like for some of this, for some of this, I don't like, I don't fault the team. You know, I question the giants on why they would want to pick up and give, you know, like a Daniel Jones, $45 million or whatever, because I don't think he's very good. Yeah. But I don't question them for not re-signing Barkley to a long-term, big-time, lucrative deal because he's just been hurt a lot. Like, he's good when he's there. He's just not there all the time. And the other thing with Tony Pollard, I, you know, I could see that from the Cowboys. You just gave Zeke all that money, yeah, and, and now you're, you. you're eating some of that money as he's a free agent. Maybe you're a little hesitant, but how, here's the other thing with Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is a smaller running back. They always talk about, you know, the smaller running backs that could get hurt more or guys that can't carry it between the tackles 30 times. Yeah. 
even though that doesn't really happen anymore in the NFL anyways. But Tony Pollard has never played like a full season being the guy. No, he has not. Like, He's always he's, been nice when he comes in for the Cowboys when he's available. Yeah, he's, he's a nice change of pace back from what Zeke was. And when Zeke was good, they played off of each other really well. It's like, oh, wow, the Cowboys have two really good running backs. Mm-hmm. But he's never been asked to be the guy. No, he is now, not. Now, are you going to throw a ton of money at a guy that has just been a really good complimentary running back? I don't know if you're if you think he can be the guy. If you think he really is that well, good, so like how much do you value running backs then? You know, because like we were talking about earlier this morning, you could have a, a a handful of guys to equate like one running back. You know, and do you really want to throw that much money at a well, running back? Look at, look at where would you put Aaron Jones in the NFL? He wasn't even put top ten in this uh, thing that was released from players, executives, um, et cetera, et cetera. He wasn't even top ten. I would put him as a top ten running back. The guy's a beast. I put him. Uh, I had the stats for him. Where'd it go? Uh, where would you put him, Rowdy? I would say Aaron Jones is a top ten running back in the NFL. And just in general, pure athleticism, pure playmaking ability that play in that position. But here's the thing: Aaron Jones isn't a. Aaron Jones really isn't a full time. Give me the ball thirty well, times. Before never I'll, even uses him. I'll, but I don't think he actually can. So here you go. Uh, here's the question. Why doesn't Aaron Jones get more love as a superstar running back? Over the last four years, he's sixth in total yards, third in touchdowns among running backs, finished fifth or better overall in running back grades for pro football focus three of the last four years, and he's fourth all-time among running backs in yards per carry. Yeah, and he's great. But he's also not a guy that... I don't think Aaron Jones could have held up if he played in the NFL 15 years ago. I mean, that was his, that was like when he first started his campaign with the Packers. That was the big bugaboo about him is he couldn't stay healthy. Well, he's a guy that was five nine, two hundred and five pounds in you know 15 years ago. Remember watching like Amon Green, yeah. Edger and James, Priest Holmes, mm-hmm. LT. Like those guys would carry the ball like 20 to 30 times every single game, and they were great. Don't get me wrong, but those guys held up. I don't think Aaron Jones at 5'9", 205 pounds could run it 30 times through the tackles and stay healthy year after year after year. Yeah. I don't think he could. That's not saying he's not a good running back. It's just saying that even the Packers knew that they needed a complimentary back, a.k.a. A.J. Dillon, mm-hmm. the six foot, 245-pound hammer, the guy that would be more of the through the tackles. Like, yeah, no doubt. Like Aaron Jones is way more talented than A.J. Dillon, way more of a playmaker. You want to get him in space. You want to pass him the ball out of the backfield, line him up in the slot, like do whatever. Yeah, but he's not the old running back that is back there, 30 carries going straight ahead. But you look at the one guy on that list, Josh Jacobs has been really good for a Raiders offense that sucks, Yeah, for, for a team that sucks. And Josh Jacobs is pretty much there. So. Every single game running the football. This, this guy's missed. Um, let's see. One, right. two. He has missed five games his entire career. That's about one a season. Yeah, he's a beast. And this is what happened to Josh Jacobs yesterday uh, during all of this running back fiasco. This was a report out there. Josh Jacobs was so close to signing an extension with the Raiders. He was sitting in the his car in the parking lot of the team facility with his teammate Max Crosby waiting at the deadline, ready to sign the contract if it got done between the team and his agents. And guess what didn't happen? Him getting out of his car, walking in the facilities, and signing on the dotted line. He literally is sitting in the parking lot. Yeah, and that's the only guy on that list that me personally, if I was a front office guy, I would be interested in signing long-term. And when I say long-term, I'm saying like I probably would sign Josh Jacobs to like a three-year deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, like, he's a running back. He, he's a running back that's 25. That's just that's just how it is. Yeah, they, they eat you up, and then they spit you out. Uh, this was the top. I'll give the phone call in one second. This is the top ten best running backs in the NFL, ranked by executive players, coaches, and scouts. Number one was Nick Chubb. Browns. Okay. He he can do it all. He's a guy that could carry the ball twenty five times and be good. Number two was the Niners, Christian McCaffrey. I would say same. As long as he but stays he, healthy. But but again, he's like Aaron Jones. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Number three is Josh Jacobs, Raiders. Josh Jacobs is one of the guys that could carry 25 times. Number four for top 10 best running backs in the NFL by executive players, coaches, scouts. Number four was Saquon Barkley, Giants. Hasn't held up. Number five, Derrick Henry, Titans. Okay, clearly. But 
at this point in his career, you're not going to offer him a long-term deal. He's starting to get up there already. Number six, Colts, Jonathan Taylor, who was injured last year. Jonathan Taylor feels like a guy that I know he was injured last year, but long-term probably holds up more than he wouldn't. Number seven, this guy threw a lot more hits in Las Vegas than he did on the field. Saints, Elvin Kamara. Health, he's, you know. he's, he's a, he, see him, Aaron Jones, Christian McCaffrey, they're all kind of in the same the same build where they're a little thinner. They're a little, uh, they're not as thick. Agile. They're number, not as thick as uh, the Henrys and the yeah. Josh Jacobs. Number and, eight was the free agent, is free Delvin Cook, who's right now a free agent. And there's a lot of, lot of wear on those tires. Number nine is the Cowboys, Tony Pollard, who we were just talking about. And Never done it himself. Number 10 was is Chargers, Austin Eckler. That's your top 10. Another guy that fits more of the Aaron Jones mold. See, a lot of the running backs. Aaron Jones, not on the top 10. A lot of those running backs are guys that are more playmakers. They're playmakers where it's like, hey, we want to get these guys out in open space, whether that be throw them the football. Maybe they can line up in the slot. Maybe they can line up, uh, you know, behind the quarterback or next to the quarterback. Like they're not just run it straight ahead running backs, which would be the closest that Derrick Henry at number five, Henry, Josh Jacobs, like those guys are becoming non-existent in this league. They're becoming not obsolete. It's just not part of the offense anymore. I mean, the, the harking back the days of the running back to take the ball and just bulldoze. Yeah. That's getting, well, that's because with the rule changes, it's becoming more to seven on seven football than it is like an inside thud football. Yeah. All right, so there you go. There's a little running back breakdown. All right, uh, thanks for waiting on hold. Line one, who's this? There it is. There it is, baby. Keep in mind, um, this is a person who literally waits on hold for 15 minutes listening to the show just to flush a toilet. <laughs> Call of the year. Back-to-back days. Well done. All right, 608-321-1670. Twitter, Ebo says, Twitter, Rowdy underscore Razor right there. See, this is the thing. Remember how, um, what was it, Debo Samuel was marketing himself as that hybrid running back wide receiver? Yeah. And it's like, I need more money. Look at I can do this. But then really it's like, but do you really want to market yourself as a running back where the value is is decreasing? Like you want to be that all-star, all-pro wide receiver. You want to be the flashy wide receiver because I'll tell you this, the Jeffersons of the world, the Jamar Chases of the world, they're going to be paid a lot more handsomely than the top running backs. We're seeing that. Mm -hmm. That's just how the NFL is kind of going. If I'm a running back, if I'm Aaron Jones, if I'm Austin Eckler, these guys that are like five nine, but they're extremely quick and they can catch the football, I almost want to be like it's trending to where you would rather be like a playmaking slot. You're just like a gadget player. You're a playmaking slot. You want to yeah. be like a more of a slot receiver. Now I know obviously it's a little bit different because they're used differently, but it's like I would try to sell myself as like a playmaker, not a running back. Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, <laughs> like, look how like, who doesn't want to be paid like a wide receiver. When, remember when Jimmy Graham tried to get paid as a wide receiver and they use it in court against him? He's like, well, your Twitter bio says you're listed as a tight end because everyone wants wide receiver money. Well, and that that style of football from 15 years ago isn't necessarily there is all like we see a lot more passing. And that's why you have the. Aaron Jones of the world where you watch Aaron Jones, how explosive he is, what type of a playmaker he is when he gets the ball in his hands. Yeah. Like he's making guys miss. He can still run over guys when he's out on the edge and he gets angles and stuff like that, but he can't hold up running it through like they used to 30 times. That's why they go and get Dylan. And it's not like Dylan carries it 30 times. It's like in today's day and age, it's like, well, we might need a running back to run through the tackles hard 10 to 12 times. AJ Dillon, you're going to do it eight times. And that's how it, like, that's how yeah, it goes. That's how it so is. we don't get Aaron Jones hurt because we like to keep him out on the outside and open space, getting the ball as a playmaker, yeah. not as a old school 
running back. Yeah. They need. To, I think it's more of a they need to market themselves as playmakers. Hey, look, I can do more. Because remember Jonathan Taylor? They're like. Clearly, Jonathan Taylor was the best running back coming out of college, but some people were still trying to argue He's that it was slow. And well, they were trying to argue that it would be like insert another guy, and it's like how. I remember well, some pro football folks guys saying he was slow. It's like the dude yeah, ran, then he ran like a four the, four. The dude ran track five. and set records. And then the one of his other knocks was didn't catch the ball out of the backfield. Well, it was like well, Wisconsin really didn't feature that yeah, yeah, in their yeah. old offense, but he clearly could because we saw it towards the end of his career in Wisconsin that he was catching the football a little bit out of the backfield. He could catch it. It was kind of the same profile that A.J. Dillon had. Lots of use at Boston College. Couldn't catch the ball out of the backfield. Straight ahead runner. Well, he could. They just never featured him that way. They need they need to like market themselves as playmakers. It's yeah. like you get me the football, I I can move the football. We can make plays. I'm not a running back. So yesterday with the running back fiasco, I mean Derek Henry tweeted out at this point, just take the running back position out of the game. Then the ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can to give all, all to their organization just seems like it don't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Uh, Najee Harris tweeted out, I agree with my running back brothers around the NFL. History will show that you need running backs to win. We set the tone every game, run through walls for our team, and lead in many ways. Uh, This notion that we deserve less is a joke. Austin Eckler tweeted out, everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back, and yet they act like we are discardable widgets. I support any running back doing whatever it takes to go get his bag. See, I feel like when you look at Derrick Henry... That's a running back. Oh, yeah. You look Josh, at Mike, you're Josh running Jacobs, back. that's a running back. A.J. Dillon, that's a big old running back. What, what do you look a- at Aaron Jones? What do you think? I would just say playmaker. Austin Eckler, play, that's what I would try and sell it, playmaker. Because Austin Eckler can catch the ball. I know people that play fantasy football love Austin Eckler. Yeah. Because he, he, he can catch the ball in the backfield. Uh, he's a guy that he can catch the ball when they line him up at slot. Like, yeah, at this point, the guys that are specifically running backs in the old running back way are guys that are a dime a dozen that you can draft out of college and find them and they'll be decent for a few years and you'll find them in the fourth round another one. But the playmakers are the ones that uh, like even I feel like everybody because wide receivers are seen as playmakers, right? Mm hmm. That's how. That's how you gotta do it. Yeah, you gotta make your, in, in your Twitter bio. Don't list it as a running back. Say I'm listed as a playmaker. Yeah, be a playmaker. You see, um, speaking of running backs, Melvin Gordon was saying that uh, if he has a son, we'll never let him be a running back, be a wide receiver or a cornerback. Never be a running back. Says uh, MG3. Well, I just I even think about it like since people my age were playing high school football in the late 2010s. It's like, if you think about it, hindsight 2020, it's like, man, I never would have been a running back. Should have been a slot receiver. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to be a running back. I want to get the bag if I'm that good. Sheesh. And you know who, uh, can we say that um, maybe a guy like Wes Welker put the running backs to bed? Because um, Wes Welker was like 5'9", yeah. about 190 pounds, but he was super quick, ran really good routes, and they could obviously had hands, but they could get him the foot. Because what do they say with some of the bubble screens? It's like a run. It's a guaranteed three well, to five yards. It's, it's basically yeah. a run. Yeah. yeah. Well, normally a run play. you're either throwing it out wide to your receiver and your slot guy's blocking, or your slot guy's catching like an arrow or a little swing pass or something, and that's how it starts. Yeah. It's like... That's the new run play. They built the slot receiver basically off of what New England did, Bill Belichick, and Wes Welker. And then that became Julian Edelman. And then after Wes Welker, they started looking for these smaller 5'9", 195-pound electric, you know, electric fast or super quick dudes that could make plays in small small areas because they have good feet. Like, look at Danny Woodhead. That guy, that guy's not a running back in the NFL. He would never last. No. They say, Rowdy, Mama, don't let your kids grow up to be running backs. Different. Wide receivers, go. Embrace the prima donna. All right, Brewers again. <laughs> what the hell's going on, man? Uh, Wade Miley been placed on the 15-day injured list with elbow soreness. 
The Brewers up uh, two games on the Reds. Smiley uh, six and two on ERA at three point oh six and thirteen appearances this season, despite missing a month of action, like mid mid May to June. With the left lat strain, uh, Miley's five starts since his return from the IL had included three scoreless appearances. His last one was a nice little one, too. He struck out eight, allowed four hits, three walks, and six shutout innings. And now he's got elbow soreness. Yeah, that was uh, arguably his best start of the year, too. Balling on it, him. It was the biggest start of the year for Wade Miley and arguably his best. And this is the big bugaboo about Wade Miley, right, Rowdy? Of health. Correct. But he's healthy, he's good. Since 2018, Wade Miley has actually been pretty pretty good, went, or at least pretty serviceable, <laughs> except for the injury bug. And yeah, it's now yeah. bitten Wade Miley for the second time this season, and we're still in mid-July. So what happens now? Wade Miley out. Now what? Got to look at your options. <laughs> and you got to have options, but what are those options, Rowdy? You've pretty much seen them all already. Oh, yeah. Take your pick. What do, what do you want to see? Um, it was Jason Alexander back. Jason Alexander has been pitching in AAA and has actually supposedly been pitching uh, decently well. We could get the, the end summer so, of George. Because remember, he was a guy that was supposed to be back in like mid-June. Yeah. So he has been back, I believe, for about a month now. Or maybe not quite a month. But yeah, Jason Alexander is supposed to be throwing some decent innings here in AAA. Um, I know that there has been people saying they want to see Robert Gasser, who was the highest, higher touted prospect in the Josh Hader deal. Yeah. He has been tossing at triple a and has actually been throwing the ball pretty well too. But I, I would be very surprised if they called him up just to get his, his time up in, in What's running the, now. What, have you heard any update on Woody at all? Um, they actually, well, I think it was when you were on vacation, mm, should go back on it. Um, they were talking about how <laughs> they were going to be getting him back in the next month or so. And the, it oh, was, here we go. it I, was right before the all-star. This break. is on the fort. I found this from Adam McKelvey on the 14th of July. Everyone is super encouraged by Brandon Woodruff progress, but there are still multiple bullpens ahead before he faces hitters. It will be into August before he is back. That is an Adam McKelvey tweet from four days ago. Yeah, because I think it was a Matt Arnold on MLB Network right before the break when he was talking about it. And they're like, yeah, we're expecting to get him back in about a month or so. So, I, you know, mid-August. And, and I take back what I said about Jason Alexander. He had been pitching at uh, AAA since June 25th. Yeah, and he's he, been getting rocked. He did have a couple of nice starts to begin June. And then... <laughs> July hasn't been as kind. Oh, no, His last no. start, he went two innings, gave up six runs. No, not my boy Jason Alexander. No. Ugh. But, yes, you have that option. Uh, obviously, for probably a week or two, you could do, you know, bullpen games. Also, let's not forget some of the guys that you have on the 40-man that you could grab. Uh, that includes basically guys like Jansen Junk, who we've already seen. Uh, I believe Ethan Small, who we've seen a time or two in the last couple of years. Those are arms. You could, in theory, like I said, bring up another bullpen arm, one of those rotational low-level uh, relievers, and just add to your have an extra guy in your bullpen. And like I said, a bullpen day or go with a four-man rotation. That doesn't seem as likely. New, uh, King says on Twitter, you trade for Shohei Otani. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does anyone actually think that that would be a serious move? I've been seeing some Brewers fans making noise for it on Brewers Twitter. Uh, did you get hit in the head? Are, are you okay? Do you got like concussion symptoms? Are you eating paint chips? You uh, living under power lines? Shohei Otani? Not happening, Rowdy. What was he just linked with? The Yankees? Yankees, Mariners, Dodgers. The Brewers' prize acquisition was uh, uh, Andrew McCutcheon a couple of years back. You think they're going to get Shohei Otani? Do you think the Milwaukee Brewers right now, as is, are legitimate playoff and World Series contenders? Playoff contenders, yes. Just because they'll win the NL Central. Which is one of the weaker divisions in baseball. Correct. Do you think they are a World Series contender? With that hitting? Oh, baby, yeah, no. 
because I pull up the odds right now, and they're giving the Milwaukee Brewers 50-1 to 1 odds to win the, the World Series. So you're telling me there's a chance. The Braves are less than 4-1. to 1. <laughs> The Dodgers are less than 5-1. to 1. Yeah, those are just odds, man. The Rays are 5-1. to 1. The Rangers are less than 10-1. to 1. You get those bats hot, come playoffs, Houston, and look less out. Than t- I mean, you go right on down this list. They are saying that the Brewers have, right now, the Brewers are tied for about the, let's see, 14th best odds. Hey, they'll be in the playoffs, knock on wood. And as long as you're in, Rowdy, you got a chance. They are tied with the Marlins, the Mariners, and the Red Sox. They have, according to Vegas, a less shot at winning the World Series than currently the San Diego Padres. Pod, Padres are below 500. Yeah, they, they're not the greatest. So there's there's not a whole lot of faith here. And here's the difference. Uh, one of those teams where they are behind, one of those teams that you would have said this offseason spent a lot of money and on paper got a lot better, but they had a lot of injuries. They've had a lot of guys not playing up to the level of their ability would be the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies have almost the same record as the Brewers. They're one win less than Milwaukee. They are 51 and 42. Milwaukee is 52 and 42. They also play in a division in which the Braves are 61 and 31 and the best team in baseball. And they have a 10 game lead on the fish and a 10 and a half game lead on the Phillies. Why bring up the Phillies? They have a 25 to one odds of winning the world series. The Brewers have twice as long odds. By the way, the Brewers are about to play the Phillies today. Uh, and then you got the Braves coming up right after that uh, at American family field. How about this for lack of respect, the twins, they're currently leading the AL central. The AL central is even more pitiful than the NL central twins are leading that at 48 and 47. You have the Cleveland Guardians at 46 and 48. I actually think Cleveland probably wins that division, but regardless, neither of those teams are good. Mm. They are saying, uh, according to Is this to Vegas, still in Shoei Otani trading him? Or? Minnesota's twice as more likely than the Brewers to win a World Series. There's not a lot of love for Milwaukee hey, out just there. Just get in and see what happens. So what I'm saying is, why would you trade for Shoei Otani when you're going to have to back up the prospect bus never gonna for happen. two months? Yeah, rental. For two months. That's never going to happen. And and we are a Milwaukee Brewers franchise that we have made the playoffs before. That's why the CC deal was different. Oh, CC. They, had, they hadn't made the playoffs oh, in 20 plus years. CC. Yeah, it's not happening for Shoei. Sorry, everyone. Like, They've now tout how it's like we've been to the playoffs almost every year since 2018. Hey, but Mark and Anasio said they're in on Juan Soto. Uh, money was not no object. It just didn't happen to work out. Yeah, the money wasn't an object. It, it, it wasn't an object for a 24-year-old slugger that was going to command Listen. over $300 million. But it was, oh, it was the difference between signing a late 20s reliever for... Fourteen million. Here's why Shohei Otani is not happening. The Brewers need to pay for repairs for two of their three air conditioner units, and it costs five hundred thousand dollars each. So you better strap in because we're going to have cold air, colder air at American Family Field coming up. Not Shohei Otani, but a nice AC unit blowing crispy cold or air. You could acquire Otani, uh, sign him long term, and make and him then, fix the AC units. Then and then, basically have all those Japanese sponsors fix the oh AC unit. Because the Angels, like, over 50% of their ads are businesses in Japan. You get, all right, Rowdy, now we're talking two birds, one stone. You get Shohei Otani, three birds, one stone. Shohei Otani pitches, he bats really well, by the way. Just hit another dinger last well, night. Remember and you get the Japan sponsorships to give you AC units. Remember Milwaukee in basketball? Where it was like, well, a lot of our online streaming and like yeah. traffic is from Europe because half of their merchandise sales were from clearly Europe. Giannis is European yeah. from Greece, like big deal over there. Yeah, the Greek freak. That has helped out the Bucks tremendously. Now, the Brewers, maybe, maybe that's what they need. Maybe that's what they need. A foreign 
all-star where they can get foreign money because yeah, you're looking the, at the, the Milwaukee line. market is tapped out. You're looking at the, the odds and, the, and potentially winning a series. you got to look at it at, you know, what can we do to benefit the greater good of the Brewers? Shohei Otani, pitches, bats, foreign sponsorships to give you new AC units. That two months will be the greatest two months the Brewers ever had. Be better than CC. Hey, maybe AC units. Maybe they can dip into that Japanese market. It might be a little washed and outdated, but it's kind of like their AC system. Maybe they could get to Daisuke Matsuyama. <gasps> Bring the gyro ball. And, yeah, throw the the gyro ball. What's Dice? I mean, he's got to be. He's got to be way past point. What is it? Daisuke Matsuzaka? Something like that. I don't even know how to spell it. Um, not Dice Clay. Dice K. There we go. He played for 23 seasons? Wow. Not in the big leagues. No, 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 no. 16 of them were uh, overseas. Seven in Major League Baseball. Uh, he's currently a baseball color commentator, critic, and reporter, and a YouTuber. So there you go. A lot of drama in the NFL. We we're talking running backs. We'll get back into that. But how about this? Speaking of drama, what about in Foxborough? Bill Belichick is indeed on the hot seat heading into the 2023 season. According to uh, some close to the situation, <laughs> quote, he's on the hot seat and he's been there at different levels of warmth since 2019. Bill Belichick. Rowdy, I guess what comes up eventually must come down. Would you put Bill Belichick on the hot seat for everything he's done for the New England Patriots? Well, it's interesting because the Patriots haven't had a ton of success since Tom Brady left. And Tom Brady won a Super Bowl, by the way, without Billy. And clearly they haven't been as good. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I think you have to look. See, here's, here is a stat from January 7th, 2023. Bill Belichick without Tom Brady as his quarterback is 79 and 87. Mm. That's not great. So he is, he is below 500 without Tom Brady as his quarterback. Now, I will say this. He was a guy that took Mac Jones and rookie year Mac Jones before the injuries was yeah. pretty good. Like, he, he was solid. It, it looked like he might be the future, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it's some of the coaches that he surrounded himself with. Like that schlep uh, coach for the Lions? That was his name again. And that's what I'm talking. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like you look at some of the coaches that he's put around himself. What's like that bum's name again. He's got the pencil in his hat all the time. Like yeah, long no, brown I'm, hair. He's got a beard. He's fat. I know. I can't think of his name either. But like Josh McDaniel, right? Yeah. Josh McDaniels. He was a guy that really, really good offensive coordinator that Bill Belichick surround him himself with. He knew he needed better offensive coordinators because Bill Belichick is a defensive minded guy. And Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia was a guy that also was a defensive coordinator, but you know what job he gave Matt Patricia when he came back offense, offense, offense. working with a quarterback. That's not his, like that, that's not his forte. Look how bad Matt Mac Jones was last year yeah. and he was injured. It was not good. I, I, one, I feel like he's got to get his staff straight. You can't have a defensive guy all of a sudden working the offense, you know, working with your young quarterback. Yeah. And two, two, like Bill Belichick is almost like the small market baseball teams. He's really, really good at like these random one-off trades where it's like, oh, this guy, he hasn't been that great, <laughs> but we'll throw like a, you know, a six-round pick for him. Mm-hmm. And then the guy becomes like, a legitimate starter for the Patriots, or it'll be like, well, this guy's on waivers and he's well, only, been, he's only been a middling, you know, end of the rotation NFL player. They come in and he's good. Like obviously there's something to that or these unknown guys that they're, you know, unrestricted free age or not unrestricted undrafted free agents yeah. that Bill Belichick hits on. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> but one of his downsides it's actually drafting players like like <laughs> go look at some of his drafts. His drafts have been awful. Like he's great at finding people on waivers. He's great at making trades. He's great at um, once he's already, you know, seen this guy's uh, performance in the NFL, but he is not the best drafter. 
And he has been doing GM and head coach. Yeah. But yeah. How I, long can you live off all those Super Bowls? Apparently not long. One thing that you do know about Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick will have a good defense. Yeah. It, it will be good no matter who's his quarterback. But that's where I feel like you need to continue to surround yourself with good coaches. So it was suggested um, that uh, Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner, obviously, may keep Bill Belichick around long enough for him to break the all-time wins record uh, by an NFL head coach. Belichick is 19 games away from surpassing Don Shula, a feat that will not be achieved in this upcoming season. Yeah, so you would have to think it would probably be at least two years if they play 500 ball. Yeah. But I think another thing with the Bill Belichick stuff is how much, how much of it do you think people are going to say, well, now that we caught them cheating and he doesn't have Brady and then that they were caught cheating so many times now that the, you know, the league's cracking down. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't know. This is still one of the better X's and O guys yeah. in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And what if he would have got it his way? What if he would have got rid of Tom Brady early and they wouldn't have won you know, the they got Jimmy G. Yeah. And they would have played with Jimmy G and or any other quarterback that he was potentially looking at. What if, what if Cam Newton didn't suck complete, butt when well, he played for the Patriots, <laughs> that, <laughs> there's a lot of what ifs there, but yeah. I'm saying, what if he was able to move on when he wanted to move on? Yeah. Now they would be, talking be something different. They would have one less Super Bowl in new England, but they would have had Jimmy G yeah. and or potentially any other quarterback that he was looking to go in that direction. Yeah. It would have been different. It would have been interesting. Sure. Now, I'm not saying that it would have been better than what has happened, but uh, I think when his back was against the wall and it was Brady and Brady and Kraft versus Belichick, I, I do think that threw a little bit of a wrench in the, totally. the Patriots front office and re, uh, just relationship with all those guys involved. Hey, Grant Bills. What's up, brother? Good morning, gentlemen. Grant, um, I have to relay a message to you. Okay. Uh, Grant Bills actually stopped over last night at my humble abode. I did. We hung out for a bit. I had Scarface on. I was watching Scarface. I only recognize the scene from the meme where they're counting the, money. the money. They're on the phones, yeah. I had to explain to Grant the intricacies of Tanface as uh, Al Pacino played a Cuban man. Doesn't it take place in Miami? It is in Miami. Yeah, he's from Cuba. Couldn't he just be a, a white man that spends a lot of time no, in the no, sun? No, 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 no. We had to get him a little tanner, get that hair a little darker. And he had to play yeah, he Tony a, Montana. He's a Cuban refugee. Yeah, refugee. He, he ended up murdering someone in the Cuban refugee camp. Committed to the role. Oh, That's yeah. all. <laughs> but yeah, so I explained to the the intricacies that people wanted to it was a campaign and, a while ago trying to cancel And I did put food. in quotes, refugee, as he was basically just a criminal. Yeah, I, he was just a criminal. I have a reputation of, of someone who hasn't seen a lot of classic movies. I did misstep when I got over. It was on the TV. I said, I've never seen Goodfellas start to finish. Yeah, like, that's Scarface. And then I, I said, wait a minute. This isn't Goodfellas. What? And you said, this is Scarface. Thank you. Yeah. Great movie, by the way. Good film. But Grant was over. And then after Grant left, Grant had to relay a message to you. Um, I usually don't do this. I don't ever apologize. But Jen's kind of making me. Uh, Jen wants to extend an apology that I did not invite you to stay for dinner. Stay for dinner? She was very upset with me when I because we were grilling out in the back, and I walked in the back with the burgers and the and the da, and the glizzies. Oh, no, 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 no. And no. Jen's like, where's Grant? And I'm like, well, he just left. Why did you not ask him to stay over for dinner? I figured you guys had eaten dinner. I'm like, I didn't think he wanted to. Like, uh, like I don't know. I eat dinner at 8.30 p.m. I know most people don't. And she's like, she's like, it was very rude of you not to invite him. And I'm I like, was a little <laughs> pissed when I left. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, then I texted you. I'm like, we'd love to take you out sometime or have you over for dinner again. Uh, and Gizmo also sends his regards. I appreciate it. Uh, it's fu- funny. Buddha didn't that. care. Gizmo says. I just love. texted Zach the other day. It said, Zach, I would love to have you over for dinner. He's yet to respond. No, I don't think he'll. Zach's not a response. I'm, I'm kidding. I didn't text him, but oh, okay. I am going to put him in that spot. It doesn't surprise me. You could imagine if he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to make him say no to an invite to my apartment. <laughs> uh, I have uh, extended an invite because I was Zach lives in some prairie. I was at Monks in some prairie, and I was like, "Hey, Zach, if you, um, I have some time to kill, if you want to, you know, grab a beer because he didn't live too far from there." Mm-hmm. No response. He's a prof- He's busy. No response. He's courting sources and getting quotes from people close to the situation. <laughs> Like, so I texted him a day later. I'm like, oh, so I guess you didn't want to take me up on that beer, huh? Just no response. He would always <laughs> he would complain that uh, at at monks when they would do Kenny and Halpern live there that Ben wouldn't stick around and drink with them. I stuck around and drank with Zach a couple times, and let's just say uh, you get a couple beers in Zach. 
Oh. The, you can get into some feisty arguments. Interesting. Very feisty arguments. I'll just be like, hey, the you know rushing leader in NCAA history is this guy, and then he'll get upset and lecture me why it's Ron Dane. Um, Donnell Pumphrey. That's yeah. near and dear say to his heart. The real, say the, the official yeah. rushing leader's name, Donnell Pumphrey. Pumphrey. In fact, when he was getting his first dog, we were trying to help him name it, and Rowdy had a name. Uh, his, the dog's name is Dane. Mm-hmm. Rowdy, you suggested what? Donnell. <laughs> Zach was not happy about it. Yes, but Grant, next time we, we would love to have you over for dinner. Uh, appreciate that. I, this is basically Jen saying that I'm... Um, um, a bad individual for not oh, extending the invitation. Not at all. I think personally, he should have named the dog Danny. Okay. Danny Woodhead is the all-time college football leading rusher. Is this that is true? true. Not Division One, but all-time. Oh, yeah. Chad yeah, Ron yeah. State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. D2. D2. Yeah. yeah. Hey, boys, Um, we talked about this. Um, and I wanted to bring it up again. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz, after he stole second, third, and home against the Brewers, everyone was like, this is the greatest thing ever. He is the man. Uh, and then what did he do against the Brewers? He was held hitless. What was he, like 0 for 12? And I think so, yeah. Was? Well, the Ellie De La Cruz hype train it continues on now. Uh, how about this? Do, Rowdy, do you roll your eyes at this, or is it impressive? Ellie De La Cruz threw a ball faster than any infielder in the stat cast era. This is now the hype that they're giving him. He's stolen three bases on two pitches, hit for the cycle, beaten out a routine grounder, and hit some tape measure home runs in Sunday's game, or home runs. But in Sunday's game against the Brewers, he showed off yet another one of his elite skills, his throwing arm. He threw it faster than any infielder in the stat cast era. By the way, he went 0 for 12. Yeah, and he struck out swinging against Adrian Hauser, of all people. Like, come on. <laughs> is, is this something that like people get off on? I don't know. It's cool. Even it's, with, it's a cool thing. Like the, like the second and third and home stealing. It was cool. Like, that's a cool moment for baseball. It's just sad it happened to be against the Brewers. And I, I don't know that that really, I don't think the Brewers are going to win that game either way. That was a cool moment for the Reds. It was a bad look for the Brewers, but everyone wanted, you know, Elvis Piguero sent down. Everyone was so mad about that. Eh, it was one run. It was even a game with, they're probably going to lose anyway. Even with the naked eye, it's obvious that De La Cruz's throw was unreal. But MLB stat cast data reveals just how impressive it was. At 97.9 miles per hour, it was the hardest throw from an infield assist ever tracked. By StatCast. By the way, that's been used since 2015. Well, and it's the NL Central. It's kind of our thing, right? O'Neill Cruz with the Pirates had the the hardest throw last year, and he's Uh, on the leaderboard, too. Well done. Well, well, I'm not rowdy, but I do remember some things. (laughs) What are you shaking your head at over there? Unbelievable. It's going to be something completely off. Well, Rowdy's Rowdy's nodding his head. He's like, I wasn't going to say it. It No, this is nothing to do with this. I guarantee it. I have to take back what I said. About what? Danny Woodhead? What? How a, is it a D three Mount Union running back Mount, passed him? How is over it over eight thousand yards? Because Danny Woodhead had seventy nine hundred in D two. Now Mount Union in D three passed him. There's a segment going on, and you no, are, is, you're on a, your side quest. I love it. Actually, he's always on a side. You'll quest. You'll just chime in with your side quest. Like yesterday, I had this whole thing. And I looked at him for a response, and he looked at me like I slighted him. <laughs> and then it was dead <laughs> air for like five seconds. I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm working over yeah. here. I'm, I'm researching. Like, and then I asked him like, what are you doing? I hit break. Like, what are you doing over there? He's like, nothing. Who's the running back <laughs> for Mount Union? Uh, Nate Diaz. Mick, Kmick, it's K M I C. He rushed for over eight thousand yards at Mount Union College. D three football is kind of awesome. It is kind of the best. Now, Danny Woodhead at the time did have it until this kid came along. So you weren't wrong entirely. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. He had Danny Woodhead over seventy nine hundred yards rushing. Just a fantastic player. Would have killed it in D three. And the, imagine Danny. Danny, could you imagine if you were in Nebraska and you passed him up? <laughs> no, I cannot. No. You're not. You're not enjoying the side quest over here. No, I was. You know, never. It's all good. No, we got it. You didn't. You didn't know that. Why didn't you say O'Neill Cruz? You totally knew that that he had the next fastest throw. Well, that was like last year. Yeah, it was recently. I just think it's going to be a rivalry. Hey, between by the way, those can two. we talk about prospects and O'Neill Cruz? Remember when Ben just was just. <laughs> oodling over O'Neill Cruz. He's good. And we're like, dude hits like 400 against the crappy Brewers pitching yeah. staff, and it's like 200 versus everyone well, else. Well, he's hurt this year. We forget. 
you know. He wasn't that good last year. He threw a ball really hard and hit a ball really far and then played a lot of middling baseball. Those are important traits to be able to hit and throw hard. Those are important aspects of baseball. Speaking of Ben, Brewers got Phillies coming up. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna get Ben. Are you going to have him on at some point this week? Yeah, I'm going to hit him up. Yeah, I have to. He's going to give me that East Coast Elitas. I'm like, oh. Early. He he what was. He, do you see? He bought tickets to see Wade Miley pitch against the the Phillies. I think on Wednesday, and Wade Miley had to go on the IL. So he's yeah, we're just talking about a little bit. Yeah, Wade Miley done. O'Neill Cruz hit two thirty three last year. <laughs> yeah, I love this dynamic. <laughs> Who cares about batting average anymore, Rowdy? I mean, I, I do, to be fair. Who cares I, about batting average, pitchers, wins? Who cares? You know, he was a very average player. The only thing we care about is pitchers' pitch count. Yeah, well, uh, you're not wrong there. That is something the show cares a lot about. One cares about one side of it. One cares about the other side of it. Bill Bill said yesterday to me, he's like, don't you wish Corbin Burns could have gone a little bit deeper into that ball game the other day? I know, and I immediately was like, I'm like, like I know Grant. You're said, not getting, no, no. Yeah. I, no. I felt like 103 council is probably over there, tight butthole, scared that Corbin Burns is about to 103? It was, that was at 93. Well, he was probably, yeah, he was probably scared at 90. He fell over. He almost passed out during the game. Definitely. Who had the tight, who had the tight butthole then? Corbin Burns is collapsing. Adrian Hauser throws up. All these Brewers starters got their thing. Yeah. All right, well, uh, where's Eric Lauer? Your response should have been, I don't know, wherever Nashville's playing. People do forget that Eric Lauer is just a real person. Yeah. He's just, just a man. He's not real.